0: Today, I am interviewing Sarah Zachrich jang about The Other Me. She grew up in Michigan and always had a flair for the morbid and mysterious. She had a brief career as an aspiring rock star before she came to her senses and went back to school to become a web developer. Sarah lives in Florida with her family and an extremely hyper rescue dog. The Other Me is her first novel. I hope you enjoy our conversation.
1: Don't you know that you
0: Welcome, Sarah. How are you today?
1: I'm great. Thank you for having me.
0: I'm so glad you're here to talk with me about The Other Me. Thank you. Well, why don't we start out with you just talking a little bit about the story for those that won't have read it yet.
1: Okay. The Other Me is a speculative thriller. It's about an artist named Kelly in Chicago, who on her 29th birthday, she's at her friend's opening in Chicago. And she walks through a door and she suddenly finds herself at her own surprise birthday party at her hometown in Michigan. She has stumbled into an alternate life where she never went to art school, and instead she married this guy from high school that she barely knows and settled down with him. And pretty early on, as soon as she gets over her initial shock, she finds that she can remember things from both of her lives in Chicago and in Michigan. So she needs to figure out how this happened, what exactly happened, and if it can be reversed. And the book has elements of both speculative fiction and domestic suspense.
0: How did you come up with the subject matter for this one? I was so curious as I was reading it. (laughs) It's such an interesting premise. So I can't wait to hear how you came up with the idea, how you developed it, all of it.
1: Well, I grew up reading Stephen King. Margaret Atwood were my two favorite authors when I was 14. So my taste as a reader and as a writer were both informed by them. So with this book, I was thinking of, not to get too spoilery, I was thinking of a specific trope, and I wanted to come at that from a different direction and tell that story from a different point of view than it's usually told from. And also, so once I came up with this idea, I was thinking, well, who's my main character going to be? I knew she would be a woman. I knew she'd be fairly young. And at the time, I was in my 30s. I had a young child. And I was living a very different life from what I had been living just a few years before. I had been a musician, and I wasn't doing that anymore. And I had some feelings about it, obviously. So Kelly being an artist kind of came out of me thinking about when you've been doing this one thing for a while, and you've kind of made your identity around it for so long, and then you find that you're not doing it anymore, then... Who are you and how do you construct a new identity for yourself?
0: As I was reading, I was so curious about the storyline and the concept. And when I looked at the book flap, there was some language about the choices you don't make or choices that are made for you. And I loved that because I was trying to figure out how to summarize it and just think about the book generally. And I thought that's exactly what it is. Like most times books are like, if I made this choice, I'd go one way. If I made this choice, I'd go another But this instead is the choices someone else is making for you. I thought that was the perfect way to describe it.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I did want to address that in the book because so much of what happens to us in our lives and so much of the course of our lives is not as under our control as we would like to think it is. The choices that we make have an effect on our lives, but also the choices of the people around us that we make or just random things that happen.
0: I just thought that was a very interesting premise, and I think it will stay with me for quite some time as I just pay attention to what's happening in my own life as well. (laughs) What about research? What kind of research did you do, and was some of it kind of alarming?
1: (laughs) Well, I did research in several different areas. I, I had to research a lot about the art world because I didn't really know much about that. I had played music, but I knew nothing about fine art or art school, or anything like that. So I did a lot of online research and I read some books. I read Seven Days in the Art World, which I can't really remember the author, but that was a great entree into the art world. And I also did, I had worked in startups in the early 2000s, but I hadn't really been in that environment since then. So I researched startup culture and kind of wanted to get the feel of what it would be like to work in that environment. And as far as the science goes, not really anything that happens in this book is scientifically possible, not to spoil anything, but I wanted to do enough research to be able to explain things in a way that would allow readers to suspend their disbelief.
0: Well, and I guess I should clarify what I said. Obviously, there's nothing alarming about the art world or startups. (laughs) But in terms of the third category, kind of AI and where that will go, I would think some of that could be a little alarming, but it sounds like you didn't really have to worry about researching that too much.
1: I did do a certain amount of research on AI and I went I actually went a lot deeper into AI research for another project that I was working on that may or may not ever happen. But it it's really fascinating, not so much maybe for what happens in this book, but it it's It's weird how much power it has and how much power we give to AI. So it was kind of not a big leap for me to think that the the characters in this book and in this world, which is set kind of five minutes into the future, that these characters might give AI power over their reality like this.
0: Yes, I guess that's the part that you think, you know, at some point, yes. I mean, we are all Mm -hmm. probably not knowing the full extent that we are giving power to AI, and that will just continue. And so I guess over time, it's a little frightening to think about what could happen.
1: It really is. And I mean, individuals don't really have a choice with things like, you know, face recognition used by the police. So not to get too paranoid, but
0: (laughs) yeah, or, you know, go down a whole different road. But was it hard to keep up with the shifting timelines? It was, it was difficult.
1: Yeah, I had some spreadsheets. I had a lot of lists. I had this ugly diagram that I drew. Basically anything and everything. I used project management software at one point to keep track of everything. So it was simultaneously very organized and very unorganized.
0: <laughs> well, you would just have to make sure you were writing in the correct timeline as you were going.
1: Yeah, and I mean that wasn't so so hard. It was more figuring out which characters would know which things at a given time.
0: That's true too. I hadn't thought about that aspect of it, but to make sure you're not divulging something that character wouldn't know. Exactly. Or that they weren't expected to know something they wouldn't know.
1: Right, right.
0: What do you hope your readers take away from this book?
1: So it's been really fun to hear from readers their different takes on it. One thing that I really enjoy hearing about is how the book has made them think about their own pasts and their own choices and things that have happened to them and how those those have affected the course of their lives. So because I I love like when people can take something I've written and apply it to their own lives and they identify with it.
0: Well, I certainly think this book will make people think. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: What about title and cover? The whole reason I picked up your book was the cover reveal many months ago, and I just thought it was so fascinating, the way it looked, and it's different, and I love it. I love the letters, and so I immediately put it on my list to read because it's so stunning.
1: Thank you. I I love the cover, too. It's, It's funny because I actually have a background in graphic design, but I had very little idea of what I would want the cover to look like when I got my book deal. Um, my editor asked me for ideas, and I sent her a few examples of covers that I liked, but I didn't really know how I would have applied the book to uh, to a cover. So what they came up with was just amazing, like the the little paint dabs in the background and the way the model has this kind of mysterious expression on her face and the lettering, like you said. And I love the colors too. I love that it's pink and purple.
0: Yeah. I just think it's stunning and it's very representative of your story. Thank you. What about the title?
1: So it originally had a different title, which my publisher said that it didn't really sound right with the with the genre, the mystery thriller genre that we were positioning it in. My editor and publisher actually came up with a few different titles and the other me was the one that we all loved.
0: Did it take a while to get there?
1: It didn't take that long, actually. I think it was like the first round of options. And my my editor was like, we we were thinking the other me would be perfect. And I'm like, that that works for me. That's great. Because I, I knew going in that the title would probably change and I was totally fine with that.
0: What about characters? Which did you enjoy writing the most and which did you enjoy writing the least?
1: Well, I actually really enjoyed writing Eric (laughs) because I I had originally done the book in dual point of view with one being his. And so I I got to kind of reach back into my angsty adolescence and channel that for him. And I I probably like personality wise, I probably identify with him more than Kelly even because she's a little more outgoing and positive. So, So I really enjoyed writing him. And Kelly was, she was easy and difficult for me in a way because she, her personality is so different from mine. So the, the thing that I would do, I had to think like, what's, what's basically the opposite of what I would do? And then I had to make Kelly do that. So, so that was a little bit of a challenge, but it was a fun one.
0: Well, Eric would make me so mad at some points. Again, I don't want to have anything that's spoilery, but I was just like, "Oh gosh, I just sometimes I wanted to throttle him."
1: Yeah, I mean, he he just had that passive-aggressive thing down. And I I mean, I'm not passive-aggressive, so I I like that about myself. But he I I just kind of enjoyed all the little things that he did. And he wasn't like the the toxic masculinity piece of it, I, I kind of wanted to show that it doesn't have to be, you know, a guy being mean to you. It can be just a guy sort of controlling you and corralling you and gaslighting you. And you know.
0: the part that you really brought out that I thought was so interesting of his personality was that he wasn't even always aware that he was doing it. Like he was just doing what he wanted to do regardless.
1: Exactly. And I, I think it goes to show that everyone is kind of the hero of their own story, and they all have their reasons for what they
0: do. And that toxic masculinity doesn't have to be purposeful. Exactly. And I thought that was really interesting. And I, you know, I just thought that's a helpful note for people and sort of a good reminder, just as you're living your own life, to pay attention to some of those things.
1: Right. On, on either side of the divide.
0: Exactly. Well, how long did it take you to write this book?
1: So I came up with the idea in 2015. So from the seed of the idea to the manuscript that my publisher accepted, it was about five years and it went through numerous rewrites. It had the middle and the ending both changed several times. At first, I I had no idea that I was writing anything like a thriller. I was thinking more upmarket literary kind of thing. So the ending and the pacing reflected that. When I was getting my agent and revising with her and going on submission, we tightened up the pacing a little bit to go into a different genre.
0: Did you feel like you learned a lot from that process?
1: I I learned so much because I had never really written a novel before. I I had mostly written fan fiction as my long form writing practice. And before that, I I hadn't written during my 20s at all since childhood. So The Other Me was actually the first full original novel that I wrote.
0: Are you working on anything at the present? And did you feel like the process for getting The Other Me ready to go and sold helps you with what you're working on now?
1: Yeah, I'm working on another speculative suspense novel. And this one is about two women who were best friends in college, and they had kind of a toxic friendship that ended badly and what happens when their lives intersect again years later. I I definitely learned so much about the, the novel writing process from the other me that helps me with this book. And also I've been delving more into writing craft books and learning about story structure. And now that I know what I'm actually writing, it it goes a lot faster, which is good since I have to write the book in a lot shorter of a time,
0: well, that is always the interesting part is that by the time you're writing your second or your third book, there's not nearly the same time frame that there is when you can take your time writing the first one,
1: right. Yeah. you're not just writing for yourself anymore. You're writing to a deadline. And that's I, I think I need deadlines personally, so that's good for me.
0: <laughs> I do better with deadlines, too, so I completely understand that. Tell me about being an aspiring rock star.
1: So, it was I was pretty small time. I never really got out of the the local band circle. It was more something that I did with my friends, but we we had a lot of fun. I played different instruments and in different bands. I played in a glam rock band where we did David Bowie covers. I played the drums in an all-girl rock band and we we played Shows pretty much every weekend for a while, and it was it was just really fun and it was something that I couldn't do after I got a real job and had a kid because our practices used to start at midnight, so
0: yes, that would be a little tricky when you have a child
1: absolutely.
0: How long did you do it for?
1: Probably uh eight or nine years I think
0: oh wow, so that's so fun and something that you probably absolutely love, so it was nice that you got to try it out and and get to do it for a while.
1: I'm so glad that. I had that experience and the the bonds that I made with the people that I played with were great too.
0: Do you think you'll ever write about music?
1: Um, possibly. I, I actually had another project in mind, which again, may or may not get written, but uh, it, it involved people in a music scene in bands. So I, I hope I get to write that one day.
0: I feel like there's been a rash of stories about music and bands and musicians lately.
1: Yeah, I I always love running into those and reading those.
0: I do, too, because I love music, not ever on the musician side of it, but I just love to listen to music. So I'm always drawn to those stories about musicians and music and different time periods and types of music.
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for live music to come back again in a, a big way.
0: I know I've just started getting emails for different performances that are scheduled and I'm like, I hope they stay.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, one day. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. Well, what about what you've read recently that you really liked?
1: So I recently finished The Tiger Mom's Tale by Linlia Butler. And I, I especially loved reading the parts set in Taiwan. Uh, I've been there a few times because my husband has family there. So it was nice to read those details that make the country come to life. And of course, the food is amazing. It just made me want to get on a plane right now and go over there or wish that I could. And I'm currently reading Lexi Elliott's new book, How to Kill Your Best Friend. And I think that's coming out like the week after my book. So that's
0: soon. I think that's right.
1: Yeah. And that's set on an island resort. And there's a group of friends, one of them has just they're all gathered there to for their friend's memorial, who's just drowned in what may or may not be an accident. So I'm enjoying the like friend group dynamics and the mysteries being unraveled between people. My most anticipated read is probably Lissa K. Adams' new book, Isn't it Romantic? Because Vlad is just my favorite from the bromance book club series, and I can't wait to read his story.
0: It's been so fun to see everybody posting about the Russian getting his story and how excited they are. And the first couple of times I saw the post, I'm like, what are people talking about the Russian? And then I would have to read the thing. I'm like, oh, yes, the Russian in those books. So it was kind of funny. I was like, this is random. What are we talking about? (laughs)
1: They're such fun books. I love them.
0: I love Lexi Elliott's books. Both of her first two books were favorites of mine, and I can't wait to read this one.
1: Cool. Yeah, yeah. It's really good so far. Great.
0: Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining me today to talk about The Other Me. I really am happy you were able to come on the Thoughts From a Page podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. If you liked this episode, and I hope you did, please consider joining my Patreon as a page turner, follow me on Instagram at Thoughts From a Page, tell all of your friends about the podcast and rate it or subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts. I would really appreciate it. The book discussed today can be purchased at the Conversations from a Page bookshop storefront, and the link is in the show notes. Thanks to Maggie Garza for sponsoring this episode, and I hope you'll tune in next time.
1: I'm Alison Holland, host of the Kennedy Dynasty podcast.